You are now listening to the Minority Trailblazer Podcast. Season 2, new intro, let the story begin. One time for the lovers, two times for the ladies, three times for the brothers, four times for the babies. Do you love her? 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 One time for the lovers, two times for the ladies, three times for the brothers, four times for the babies. Do you love her? 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 Brown skin, love a brown skin, love a brown. Brown skin, love a brown skin, love a brown. She my brown skin, love a brown skin, love a brown. She my brown skin, love a brown skin. Hold me down. Welcome to the Minority Trailblazer Podcast, and I'm your host, Greg E. Hill, the Culture Change Agent. And I'm coming into you live and direct from Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Yes, I am on vacation, but I had to make sure that I put out an episode, man. And um, I'm excited. I don't know why I'm excited, but it's Thursday. My feet up. The sun's out. I see the beach. I smell the water. And I'm excited to be here today. And I want to be real quick so I can get back to the fun and festivities. Because I really ain't supposed to be on no podcast, on no phone, on no computer, but I had to make sure, because you know I'm a big, 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 big fan of consistency, and every Thursday I make sure that I bring you the latest and the greatest podcast, so a couple housekeeping things, first, make sure you download the podcast, you leave a review, you rate the podcast, let's get us to 100 ratings, I think we're over 90 now, so please do that, shout out to those that already have, and two, today's episode is a special one because I think we're 28 episodes in and I've only done three three episodes thus far with students. And this is one this is our third episode and the student we have today um it's crazy. A couple couple months ago I was online, I saw the, I saw these shares and these Facebook posts, North Carolina ANC student, North Carolina ANC student. And I was like, who is this? I was like, oh snap, it was my man Joey Daniels and he was actually working on a research project that is about to potentially get funded by the state and some big boy companies that heats the sidewalk. And I was like, first of all, how do you heat a sidewalk? And second, like, and, it, and it's precipitated around the airports. And he can get into it on his podcast, but he received a lot of attention from that. He's doing great things in the doctoral program, conducting some world-class research, and I'm proud proud to bring him on the episode so i'm gonna shoot a little bit about his bio and i hope that when you listen to this you're encouraged and inspired by this young man who is taking his academic talents and utilizing to do research right now that's going to change the whole world so let me read into a little bit about his bio and i'm it's a lot of fluff but it's a lot of great things that i just cannot admit because anytime i see a young minority trailblazer that's doing great things and as a long bio, I want to read all the bio because it's by the grace of whoever you serve that he has been allowed to accomplish and do all these things. So he is an enthusiastic scholar, leader, mentor, advancing through academia and advocating the importance of education. He is also a proud graduate of North Carolina a State University, where he received a Bachelor of Science degree in civil engineering. 
He is currently pursuing a Doctor of Philosophy degree in civil engineering at the University of Arkansas. He is the current president of the Black Graduate Student Association at the University of Arkansas and also serves as communications chairperson for the Northwest Arkansas branch of the National Association for the Advancement of Colored People. He has a history of strong leadership and community involvement with his affiliations in the National Society of Black Engineers, Nesbia Short, and American Society of Central Engineers with a host of others. He enjoys his time with family, running, playing, and watching sports, and reading African-American literature. He's a native of Silver Springs, Maryland, and currently resides in Arkansas. He is also a man of God, a speaker, youth advocate. Joey can do it all, man. So without further ado, I would like to welcome my fellow Aggie, my brother, my dog, Joey Daniels the third to the Minority Trailblazer podcast. Welcome to the show. Thanks, thanks, man. I appreciate it. Uh, no problem, man. I'm excited to have you on, man. And we just going to jump right into it. You know, every podcast, I started off with a quote. I'm a huge quote guy. So, Joey, mm-hmm. right into it. Share us your favorite quote or mantra that you live by in a story that highlights how you apply that quote to your everyday life. Ah, oh, man, quote. Um, well, I have Mahatma Gandhi, I have a poster of him in my bedroom. Uh, I see it every morning um, when I wake up and it says, live as if you were to die tomorrow and learn as if you were to live forever. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm pursuing my PhD right now, so I'm trying to take life and uh, live it to the fullest while trying to live, while trying to learn each day. Because each day, you know, I have something new to learn, something new to gain. Um, and, you know, I have to be able to, to, to continue to do that, to continue to be successful, um, within my, within my program, but I also have to make sure that I'm also living life to the fullest as well. So I try to live by that so that I'm at peace with myself and I continue to have joy within all that I do. I got you. I got you, man. So if you could share specifically like a, a story, an example on, okay, living life day by day. Cause I mean, it's crazy. You say that, but you're in a PhD program and people that mm-hmm. go PhDs, that's a lot, that's a lot of schooling right there, man. So how do you, when you're, when you're in such a career, in such a field where it's, it's, it's all kind of, not all long term, but it's a long, it's a long progress, but you just, what can you, can you share us a moment or a time where you had to really refresh that and really say, okay, I have to live this day by day because if I if I think about the future, I'm just gonna be like, I, this ain't for me. I think um, that because I've had that poster for about two years now. Uh, mm-hmm. I think it kind of I think that's the reason why I actually bought the poster because of that quote on it, not just because it was Gandhi on the poster, but. You know, like like as soon as I got here um, in Arkansas, I mean, I'm from Maryland, went to school in North Carolina. So uh, so so being out here in Arkansas, not only not only am I an, an hour behind um, in terms of time, but, you know, things out here are different. Um, I came out here, didn't didn't really know a lot of people. Um, and, you know, things got got very frustrating. I did like very, very well at A&T in terms of academics. And I got out here and things just got a little frustrating. Um I wasn't getting things uh, at the same pace that I was getting things at A&T. Uh, things just became a lot difficult. Um, but I had to uh, kind of reel myself in and not look at what other people are doing. I couldn't look at you know my peers and see if they were getting raises or buying houses or buying cars or getting married. I had to focus on what it is that I was out here to do in Arkansas. So 
that quote pretty much helped me through that crucial time period, uh, especially my second semester of my first year. You know, uh, I didn't do so, so well in terms of my grades. Um, and I was still trying to fight to get some scholarships and stuff like that and some grants and fellowships. So, you know, I kept hearing no. I kept getting rejected from from several opportunities that I was applying for. And I just had to make sure that, you know, I, I, I had to live hit live my life to the fullest. And I had to make sure that, you know, each and every day I did things that, that made me happy, but I also had to learn from my experiences and continue to do things that that, 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 that that was pretty much going to position me for a better future. But I had to make sure that I took e- e- each day and uh, lived each day to the fullest. Man, man, that's 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 powerful right there. And with that being said, we're going to pivot because if, if you're new to the show or if you this is your first time listening to this show, we go through three phases. We talk about the past of our guests. We talk about the present of our guests, and then we talk about the future of our guests, and we just try to narrate the whole story and really get inside the heads because every person I have on this show brings a lot of experiences, brings a lot of stories, brings a lot of successes, but they also bring a lot of failures, and not failures, but growing moments, so we always try to be as authentic as and transparent as possible. So, Joey, let's start off in the beginning, man. Before getting your PhD, before being a leader and and dominating your in your field of engineering in North Carolina A and T, like where are you from? Like, tell us a little bit about your backstory, man. Who you are, your your family, and what kind of led you down this path, man? Yeah, definitely. Um, I'm from Silver Spring, Maryland. It's right outside of DC and um, Montgomery County. Um, my dad's a pastor and my, my mom just retired earlier in wow. January. Um, she worked for the federal government. Um, you know, I, w- I went to school in, in Montgomery County. Uh, you know, I pretty much lived life and I enjoyed sports a whole lot. But uh, and, and for me, the only way I can keep playing sports was if I did good in school. Um, so I did well in school really because I enjoyed sports a lot. And that was a rule um, back at home. So I kind of didn't have a choice in terms of how well I did in school. Uh, but not only that, I like to challenge myself in the classroom as well. I challenge myself out either on the basketball court or on the football field uh, or in track. I mean, I ran track, also played lacrosse. So I was just, you know, always doing stuff uh, back in the day. But um, I got to a point where, you know, back in high school, around my, my, my junior, senior year, I was getting pretty good at football and I was trying to pursue football mm-hmm. and engineering at the same time. Um, so I took a couple classes, did some things over the summer. Um, and I realized that I was really trying to do, do engineering a lot, but it came down to either I could go and pursue a walk on career in football somewhere that didn't have an engineering program, or I can go to A&T. Um, so that's pretty much how, kind of how I got into engineering. Like I didn't really know exactly what I wanted to do, but I knew at the end of the day that it had to be engineering. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's pretty much, you know, that's kind of where I, I, I came from really. Um, but I, I mean, I was super competitive and all that stuff came from, you know, having a sister, uh, she played basketball in college, um, you know, very, very competitive because of her. Um, and I kind of keep up that same drive, you know, and, and I, and I actually bring that competitive nature to, to all things that, that, that I'm involved in. I got you, man. And wow, it sounds like you come from a family of people that was all committed leaders. Your dad was a preacher. Your mom was a your mom was in the educational system. 
No, she actually was human resources for mm-hmm. the federal government. Ah, for the Fed. And then your sister was, uh, was she Division One basketball player? Yeah, she played at Stony Brook University up in Long Island, New York. Oh, wow. Uh, she played as a D1 mid-major. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, she played against, uh, like, UConn, Michigan State. She played against a whole bunch of teams like that. Oh, man, oh, man, oh, man. So let's let's walk through your time at A&T, man, because it would be remiss not to share your, your journey there, man, and, and your growth from your freshman year to your senior year graduating and going on to what you're doing now, man. So take us to that time. Like, why? first of all, why A&T? And then if you kind of walk us through your, your evolution as a student, as a person, Throughout your college experience, because we might have a lot of college. Uh, we do have a lot of college listeners that listen to this and some young adults, man. So I just want to just gotta break down, like reverse engineer this your your whole path. Well, let's see. Um, my first trip to A&T was on Valentine's Day 2013. <laughs> that was my first ever trip to uh, A&T. Um, my uncle and Chancellor Martin are pretty good friends. So they set up a little um visit for me to come down and uh i got a pretty pretty good tour of the campus i had a girlfriend at the time back at home and i was kind of blown because i had to leave home to go visit A&T, but i fell in love with A&T on valentine's day <laughs> uh 2013 went to the bookstore and got a hoodie and that was it that was like uh-huh. the ring on the finger for me so uh i got to A&T really because i had uh some folks who who go to my church who went to A&T and pursue engineering and say, you know, if you really want to do engineering, you know, I, I would go to A&T. So ended up at A&T. Um, I went there, didn't know anybody. I mean, I was completely. I completely oh, how do you there. not know anybody? Oh, you from Maryland. You from Maryland. <laughs> how do you like, nah, bro, I ain't gonna let you slide. I know it's that crazy because like half of A&T is from Maryland. So like I said earlier, I'm from Montgomery County. So a whole lot of, a whole lot of people in Montgomery County didn't go, uh, you know, that far down south to go to school or even the a and I won't say that far down south. A lot of them didn't go to a and And if they did, they didn't go to uh, either my high school or high schools in the area. Um, so a lot of people from Maryland are from like PG County. So I met a lot of them once I got down to a and just because of Metro Aggies and stuff like that. But yeah, so I came down there, didn't really know anybody. Um, but, you know, I'm competitive and I wanted to make a name for myself very quickly. Um but I really didn't know how to. So I just kind of, you know, I, I tried to I tried to to fit in and, and, and find certain friendship groups that was going to allow me to be competitive. And if I could real quick, I want to give a shout out to uh, Emmanuel Johnson. I listened to the podcast that, he, that, that the two of you guys had uh, mm-hmm. a little while ago. And like Emmanuel Johnson had me always on my toes. And, you know, he <laughs> he, he he did some great stuff at A&T. Uh, he got there. Um, and he was doing big things and I was always kind of in the background trying to, trying to, you know, figure out what he was doing and always be better than him. Um, so that's kind of, you know, that's kind of where I started off man, at a and and uh, did some cool stuff at the beginning. I got you. I got you. So take us to, um, take us to your senior year and that whole process of committing to going. Like, when did you even think about getting your doctor? Like, when did that even come in your head? Because I mean, if you listen to the the the, the Manny interview when I when I interviewed Emmanuel Johnson, uh, Fulbright Award winner from from North Carolina and Engineering Department, and he said he didn't even think about being a doctor or whatnot and or or even pursuing that lane. So when did it hit you towards your senior year where you said, 
I I want to get a doctor. I want to get a PhD in this. Like, I mean, what? How did it hit you? And then once it hit you, what what was the next steps for you? All right. So um, just a, I guess a little history there. Um, I was a vice president and then president of the National Society of Black Engineers at at uh, at um, For those who 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 know the short version, it, it's Nesby. Um, <laughs> and uh, I went to a convention. In, in 2012 uh, in Pittsburgh, and uh, they actually recognized, at one point, they recognized uh, 14 um, African Americans who had gotten their PhD in engineering that year. Um, and I think uh, in, in that year, I think there was 21 total. I'm not sure what the number was, but out of all of those who actually got their PhD, it, it only made up one percent of african-americans both both male and female who actually got their phds in engineering just one percent um you know and and that number kind of kind of stuck with me for a while as i was you know trying to see if i was going to go to grad school or if i was going to pursue a uh a actual career and um you know just thinking about you know that whole one percent. It's just saying, you know, we, we always talk about stats when it comes to black people, especially black men. We talk about stats a lot. We talk about, you know, like how many black men are, are being killed or going and going to jail or, or or having a divorce or have kids, you know, and they're not married. You know, we always talk about those stats. Um, and then to have that stat be read out, um, you know, that actually hit me pretty hard in terms of, you know, it, it it's only one percent. Um, and then looking at, you know, the, the things that I actually did at A&T, my GPA. Um, what, my was your, what was your GPA, by the way? My graduating GPA was a three nine one. That's crazy. Um, so so having having that and then having uh, a bunch of experience in terms of being a leader on campus, leader in um, in the community. um you know, I just thought I had the credentials to do it. And, you know, I think in terms of my my actual lifetime goals, I'd like to be able to give back to the African-American male community, um, especially those, you know, with, between, you know, middle and high school. And I always thought about, you know, when when you look at sports and you look at people playing basketball, who who would you look up to? Jordan? Or your pops who play rec basketball, you gonna look up to the person who who made it to the very top yeah. and who, uh-huh. who excelled. Uh-huh. So I figured, you know, I wouldn't I wouldn't have a whole lot of validity and credibility if I didn't reach the pinnacle of uh, of education. If I was gonna go out here in the streets and try to preach education, mm-hmm. um, so you know, between that conference and hearing the one percent and having an actual lifetime. Uh, goal of trying to give back and and preach the the actual requirements of self education and formal education and higher education. I had to go get you know my PhD. Um, so that's kind of what I that's what that's what I did. And um, as soon as I kind of had that niche and had that inkling, um, I began talking to Dr. Teasley, who was a professor in the civil engineering department, um, and I talked to a whole bunch of other uh, you know professors at A&T, um, some other people who I know who uh, who have their PhDs from back at home, you know, just ask them what the process would be like, you know, is this a good decision for me? Um, and that's what I did, man. That's, that's kind of where it came from. And after that, you know, I, I took off. I took off from that point there. 
That's real, man. And before I ask you uh, a couple more questions, I want to dig into two things that that uh, that you said recently because I got a lot of nuggets out of that. Is one, you you really and that's crazy at a young age you thought about that would say if I really want to. Okay, the first general thing is I want to impact middle schools and high school students. But he said, well, you said that the key was being at the pinnacle of what you do first. I mean, not to say, because we we're going to talk about it later in the show, but you already do and speak at middle schools, high schools, and, and do other stuff already. So it's not like you said, I'm going to wait till. But you said, in order to impact the level that I want to do it, I want to be at the pinnacle and, 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 and be the best at what I do. And I think that's the gap in a lot of programming out there and a lot of p- people that want to add value and add service to people, not even students, but just people in general. But they're not the best at what they do. And, and and or they're not even trying to be the best at what they do. So there's a gap. There's a gap. And you said, I mean, I'm all, you got a three nine A and T. You could have easily got a consulting gig making X, Y, and Z. Because I know what kind of bread engineers make out of out of college. I mean, they start off about ninety one hundred. And you could have easily been doing that. Talk to some right. kids on the sides and whatnot. But you said, not only am I going to take this challenge because we let's get this number over one percent. I want to be the guy that's not only talking about empowerment personal development whatnot but actually live it so i think i I, kudos to you for that and the second is more of a question because you Mm -hmm. alluded to it earlier how is it like though being that you're studying you're grinding getting a phd doing all this other stuff but you see a peer group and a lot of like you were if not the top as far as grade point average one of the top people in your university and you see a peer group Making a hundred thousand, doing this, doing that. I mean, you you spoke about the the, the poster earlier, but mm-hmm. how do you how do you kind of uh, deal with that, man? Because I mean, I, and I asked that question because a lot of us in our careers or whatnot, we we do kind of look over the pond sometimes, look what other people are doing, and now sure you're doing what you love, you're learning, you're becoming, a, you're going to become a doctor in a couple of years. But I know does ever in your head like yo. I'm, I, I was killing this man in class. Like, I can do this, I can do that. Does it ever get to you? Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I think it gets to everybody. I mean, that's <laughs> that's real big. Because I actually remember when, when when you actually published your first book. I'm like, dang, come on. <laughs> he published a book? Oh, I need to get, I need to get, I need to get, get, get stuff going. He over here publishing books. I need to come on. Um, And actually, you know, big kudos for you publishing your book and getting this podcast off the ground and getting your stuff going, man. I, I, I've actually looked, I've looked at a lot of your work. Um, and I, I won't say I've been jealous, but you know, I'm like, man, he, he got it going on. So I'm proud of you. Um, but I think, I think, you know, and I actually went to do the, the, uh, the keynote in, uh, 2000 and 2014, I mean, 2015 in April, uh, for, for, Nesby at A&T. Mm. Um, and I told him kind of how I'm getting through it, but you know, at, at some points in times I had to put on, you know, how, how, you know, you have the horses and as soon as they they have to go on, on an actual race, they have blinders so they can't see what's next to them. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I kind of like figuratively had to put on blinders, you know, and um, meaning like, you know, I had to had to hop off of social media for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, people who weren't super close to me, you know, I, I wasn't talking to on the phone mm-hmm. a whole lot. You know, I had to just I had to to be find comfort in in my in my own my own shoes my own situations mm-hmm. um you know seeing seeing folks who 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 also did great things at A&T get a lot of fellowships get high accolades um you got people buying houses buying cars it's just like you know <laughs> I can easily I can easily leave out of here 
and and find a job, like you said, that's 80, 90, some thousand dollars a year. It might be in the middle of nowhere, but, you know, I'll be happy because I can afford to do what everybody else is doing. Um, but I got to a point where, you know, I had my blinders on and I was able to really focus on what I had to do. Um, and I was able to kind of, you know, grind through the valley. Um, you know, I think that's the biggest, that's the, like for me, that was the biggest transition from A&T to, to University of Arkansas was being able, was like being thrusted in, into a valley and not knowing it. Um, and then, you know, I'm, I'm scratching my way out of it, mm-hmm. but I'm realizing that, you know, God puts us in the valley sometimes in order for us to get new marching orders. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so for me, you know, putting the blinders on and then after a while being able to take them off, I can now be proud and be excited and be happy for my peers, um, except for envious or jealous. Um, because now I can say, you know, I'm I'm happy that you were able to get there. You know, now how can I use how can I use your success as my motivation? Um, so I look at Stan Cantrell and all things that he's doing Man. in Georgia Tech. Man. I look at Manny, um, you know, like him coming back from from overseas and doing his his masters and coming back to, to Southern Cal. Um, and look at, you know, a whole bunch of more of my friends who are who are also pursuing PhDs um, and doing great things. You know, now it's not it's not a sense of, you know, how come he's doing this and I can't get this? How come he has this amount of funding and I don't? It's more of I'm happy he's doing his thing. I'm proud of him. Um, you know, he's taking X amount of steps. I can't be far behind. I got to, you know, I have to keep keep pace or set the pace. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so now now I'm able to kind of function in, in, in that lane, stay in my own lane, because the things that I have um, and the things that I'm doing are blessing people a lot. And if I if I focus too much on what other people are doing, the people who are looking to me for a blessing begin to, to, to lose that blessing. So I'm, I'm focused now in, in my own lane. And I'm proud of that. Man, that's there's so many jewels of that. And um, the biggest and I'm going to say a couple of things. The biggest thing that I got out of that is immersing yourself in what you do. Because mm-hmm. once you said you looked at you, you're looking at what everybody else is doing. It's like, dang, man, dang, dang, dang. But once you said, hold up, I'm in the Ph.D. program. Hold up. I'm, I got a three nine two. Hold up. Like I'm adding value in my own lane. And you said I'm all in on myself learning who I am, learning what my strengths are, learning what value I'm adding to the people currently in my life, and then everything changed. Right. Because it's normal to look around. It's normal to look around. But you mean you connect on ET every time it's a hip-hop preacher. And I think one of the biggest things he I got out of the um, the, the, the the last speech, his, his, his biggest speech was, like, you want to succeed as bad as you want to breathe. It wasn't the fact that the dude was, he just wanted to breathe. And that's that's how it, it was more so he immersed himself all into the water. Like, he felt what right. it'd be like to, to almost die for right. something. Head deep. Yeah, you mm-hmm. had you you below that, and it's like once you get set in your life, it's like okay, I'm all in what I'm doing. This podcast right here, I'm all focused on bringing as most values I can out of this podcast. This book, I'm all on being being 110 percent on this book. When I'm talking, I'm all in on the audience I'm in. I'm not worried about if I got paid zero dollars or a thousand dollars, whatever. I'm not worried about if, if a guy that I think I'm better than is getting a, a gig that's five thousand. No, I'm worried about right here, and then. 
everything you just start and honestly as you get older you just start to mature like I was in your same boat where in my lane in my industry I was looking at guys that I felt honestly I was more talented than I'm gonna be real or guys that I thought I was doing more than I was like well I'm not getting Forbes I'm not getting even HBCU buzz like I'm not getting no love like what's going right. on so but I was like gee remember back in A&T you just created your own waves. So I was like, okay, cool. I don't worry about buzz. I'm not worried about a claim. I'm worried about doing the work. And once you do the work, just like, and then we're going to get to it um, in a couple minutes with some of your breakthrough achievements that you're working on in Arkansas. Once you do the work, people come to you. Right. <laughs> like you don't got to exactly. do that. And I will say too, it's crazy. It's kind of like in the space we're in. And I, I speak in the, like the nerd type space where you know, growing up, a lot of basketball players, they want to be rappers and the rappers want to be basketball players. And a funny story is I always looked at a lot of the engineers and the people that are that are, are in education space. And I'm like, yo, I used to be so jealous because, I mean, it just it, 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 you just get the acclaim, the respect on a whole different level. I get the respect from my peers and people that rock with me, but they're also the, the, the certain levels of people that won't respect me. Right now, I haven't earned it yet. Like academia, they're like, okay, cool. He ain't really deep in what he's talking about. He not whatever. But I always envy that, especially in this. And the crazy thing is, a lot of a, a small part of my journey. I know I'm rapping right now, but a small part of my journey, um, you were in because there was a time during uh, during my my last year in ANT when I got off the map. They gave me the material to even get the book. When I got off the map, that I stayed at your house a couple nights, and that was when right. actually I was sleeping in a car. Like I nobody knew that, but I was I, I didn't have anywhere to go, so I, I, I that. yeah. So yep. Tim, y'all give me oodles and noodles, and one time I ain't gonna lie, I took a pack of oodles and noodles because I was just so, <laughs> I had eighty years. Like I went, I work, I got a job at the Boys and Girls Club all the way like in High Point, just 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 so I can eat the snacks there. Like I don't like my LBs, Tim, uh, Jared Epps, shout out to the whole Epps family. Um, they, they used to drive me to work just so I can, cause they always get paid like $6 an hour, not the taxes. I wouldn't get anything, but there was a lot of time. So it's crazy how everything's interconnected, but let's jump into your present day. So right now, one, why did you choose university of Arkansas? Please enlighten us. <laughs> <laughs> like out of all the places, like, Man, I might get in trouble for saying this, man. Yeah, like, uh, no, keep it, keep it. No, you don't got to do nothing that's going to get you. <laughs> man, I, I, I'll say this, and I'll be I'll be completely uh, transparent with this. I got to a point at A&T where things were, I won't say were easy for me, but things became so fluid that, you know, it just it just felt great, you know. And, um, you know, if, if you've ever seen, if you've ever seen or been to the top of anything, and you flourish in being in the top and and you actually get lost in being in the top. Mm-hmm. That's kind of where I was. I mean, I was at the point where, you know, I was getting scholarships kind of off the ease. <laughs> um, you know, I knew everybody. Everybody knew me. You know, I, I enjoy A&T to the fullest. And I got to the point where I was pursuing I was pursuing grad school without the necessary fervor that it takes to actually get a good transition into where you actually want to go. Um, and, and I'm still paying for that actually to this day. Um, so, you know, for all those who are looking to, to go to a PhD program, look to go to a grad for, for, for those who are looking to transition from one spot to another spot, you must do all of your due diligence and you must go through all the necessary hurdles um and 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 you have to fight hard to get to the next step. Um, I think I did so well at A&T that I got to the point where I felt that it was an expectation 
that someone gave me an opportunity to go somewhere. Um, and I think that being being not being humble enough to take the time to 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 prepare for the GRE, um, to to make the necessary contacts to certain universities kind of hurt me. Um, but I had came, um, I took a visit in my sophomore year to University of Arkansas, um, and they liked me and, you know, they always kind of kept a, 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 a ear on what I was doing and what I was thinking. Um, so they were con- constantly con- contacting me saying, Hey, you know, you know, just, just come, you should come, you should come. So I got to the point where I wanted to go to, to UConn, um, or Northeastern. And those were my top two out of three. Um, and I didn't get, I, I got into Northeastern, um, but only for the master's program. They told me that my credentials didn't qualify for the PhD program. Mm-hmm. Um, so I got that from Northeastern. Um, and then UConn never responded back to my application. So Arkansas was just there like, we want you, please come. And I'm like, all right, well, at this point, this is my, op- this is really my only option to come. Mm-hmm. Um, so I came with the, with the expectation that I'd be fully funded. Um, and within that fully being fully funded, I had to become a, a, a teacher's assistant, a, a TA. Um, and for all those who are getting their PhD, you know, you typically don't want to be a, a TA, you know, the, the best thing that you want to do is be fully funded under a grant or especially be, be, um, privately fully funded, you know, so that, that you have your own funding coming in. Um, but I mean, I didn't take it seriously, but I always had um, this school to, to kind of fall back on. Um, so that's it. So this, this is where I am. And, you know, to, to I told a lot of my family and people back at home, they're like, Arkansas, they're like Arkansas, you know, so, so, so people are still surprised I'm out here. Everybody gets, you know, either Arkansas and Arizona confused. They, they, I, you know, people don't know know where I am really on the map, but um, yeah, that's how I got to Arkansas. Didn't didn't know why. You know, I, I came all the way out here, but it was an opportunity that was kind of the only one to take, really. So that's kind of why I'm out here. Man, that's so. You had a three nine one at A and T, and and my and my bad. I'm like, well, shoot, you should. Do you 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 think you just kind of took the approach where? I got it going on a and and you like, what was the gap? The the reason why there weren't a little bit more opportunities um, for you? Cause it, it, like, what was the translation? Your, your, your professors and everybody else. Cause like I said, right now you understand there's a great fit. Everything, everything. Yeah. You can question everything in hindsight, but you spoke on it briefly, mm-hmm. but what were some of the gaps? And I think anybody can relate to this where you like the, anybody's going, just, you're comfortable in life. They're doing real well. And then they want some something more. What was really the, the the core things that you missed in preparation for your next steps? Because I mean, it seems like you were already kind of prepared. Well, I mean, there's a process you have to go through. Mm-hmm. There's a process. There's 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 deadlines you have to meet. You know, you, it's like moving from high school to college. You, you if if you want to get uh, like if you want to go to a certain school mm-hmm. and you have to score a certain score oh, on your yeah. SAT. You got to prepare. You got to study. You, Look you at the have benchmarks. To, to, right. So, you you know, I didn't really I didn't do all that too seriously. You know, I I, I, I didn't really study for the GRE. Um, I didn't take it super, super serious. Thought it was just another test. I just took it. Um, I didn't meet the the actual requirements for stuff, um, um, you know, for certain schools. So I had to go into the actual general um 
application pool, which, you know, for for some is good. But, you know, the, the thing about going from from undergrad to grad is that you're competing against the people, you know, all the same people who have three nines. So yeah. what sets you apart? What sets you apart from everybody else? And I think, you know, because I didn't do um, I didn't do those things with the with the actual fervor that all the other people were doing it. You know, that kind of took me off a lot of people's radar. Um, you know, not that, not that, you know, I didn't have the credentials, but it didn't look like I was taking the whole thing seriously. Um, and because of that, it, it, it cost me, um, in terms of being financially funded on my own, um, or it cost me going to a potential school that could have did something else for me. But I will say I'm very happy here. Mm-hmm. Uh, but my transition period, um, you know, if I had taken it a lot more seriously, then, you know, I could have had a lot more money coming my way, um, not because it's for the money, but, you know, it, it's still a good thing to have. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I could have had a lot more money coming my way. Um, I could have had a better, you know, start to, to graduate school than I than I did. Uh, but, yeah, but it's, it's just certain things that you that you really have to, you know, take into consideration um, and work towards and, and fight to get. And I didn't, I didn't, I didn't go through those necessary steps that, that, that I think I should have taken. Man. So let's, let's talk about a, a great time though. And it's kind of, kind of, cause you, you came back on my radar a couple months ago. I'm on Facebook and now I'm a, I'm a big proponent of, if I see any, especially from our African-American males that are doing great thing, I just share it. Like I'm public, I, I believe in publicly celebrating my peer group and my age younger than me, whatever. I don't care because a lot of times we see people just doing great things. We might send them a text to give them a pat on the back, but are we really celebrating their victories publicly? And mm-hmm. I saw online, I was like, hold up. Engineering graduate student developed heated pavement system for airfare runways. And I was like, okay, cool. I saw it getting a lot of bug. I shared it. And I said, hold up, that's Joey. <laughs> and then I was like, that's crazy, man. So I had the, 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 the A&T econ spearing a buzz. And I was like, so take us to kind of what the, the current project you're working on and, and some of those developments right there, because that's an interesting story. And I, I want you to kind of speak. I know you can't speak on too much because a lot of stuff probably in the phase, but from what you can share, uh, walk us through what you're actually working on and the, the impact and in, in your takes on the reactions thus far. Okay. Um, so right now I'm working on heated pavement systems and pretty much what those are. And, and, and they have been out actually, um, in terms of commercially. So like you typically have, um, you know, cer- certain types of heating applications on your roof in order to get the snow and ice off your roof. Uh, some people have seen them on driveways, sidewalks, walkways um, and, and the like. Uh, the, the thing of the matter is you're looking at you're looking at system complexity. You're looking at cost um, and you're looking at operations. And those three things are what makes a, a actual heated pavement system very complicated. Um, you know, and, and, and if you if you go from taking it from a driveway to an airfield, you're looking at something that's catastrophically different. You know, someone says, well, if you could do it on the driveway, what's the difference to, to do it on either a runaway or the apron or the taxiway? But you're looking at a small surface compared to, you know, millions of square feet of, of pavement. Mm-hmm. Um, so you really have to look at, at, at that complexity. Um, you have to look at the operation. You have to look at construction. You have to look at um, long term maintenance. 
Um, so pretty much, you know, it, it, like I'm going through my, my actual lit review and heated pavement systems on the airfield um, has actually been out for a while now. It's actually been, you know, 70 years in the making that people have really tried to get this thing underway. And like I said, those three things are really the keys to keeping it um, from being implemented um, on actual airfields in, in the states. Um, so you're looking at cost, you're looking at operation, you're looking at construction. Um, so right now, what I'm looking at is a different approach to it. Um, if you can think about driving in the car, you know, in the morning after you have a whole bunch of frost on your car, right? Mm-hmm. You hop in the car and you turn on your back wheel, your back window defrost, right? It takes about yeah, 10 minutes to actually get your back window defrost, right? So we're trying to use kind of that same application on concrete. Um, so where I can put that same kind of application on the surface of concrete um, and then, you know, hit a switch, everything kind of defrosts and voila, there you go. Um, that's kind of what I'm really trying to get into. Um, it, it, it sounds really easy until you get into the technicalities of it. Mm-hmm. Just to be a nerd real quick for, you know, all people know concrete. We see concrete. You've either fell on concrete, had like a piece of your body cut, uh, marked up or scratched by concrete. So we all know concrete. Uh, concrete is 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 like, you know, it absorbs heat. It doesn't like to, it doesn't like to, to, to actually give heat away. It's very stubborn in terms of, you know, trying to share heat. Um, so we're trying to find ways in order to transfer heat um, to a degree so that we can keep the concrete surface above freezing. So we're talking about heating the concrete so that the concrete is at like a 33, 34 degree Fahrenheit temperature for a, a constant period of time. Um, and, you know, if we can do that for a long period of time, we can keep the snow off the concrete. We can keep the snow off the pavements at the airfields. And then, you know, if you have to make a trip to Chicago and you have to make a trip to Minnesota or or Canada or Detroit or somewhere in New York in the wintertime, you know, not not these days, because for some reason, you know, it's January, February, and it's 70 degrees outside. But <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> in, in the actual real world scenario, you know, it's actually cold outside in, in, in the winter seasons. Uh, those things don't don't get halted. You know, you know, like you, you can continue to fly, you can continue to travel. Um, all things continue to flow naturally. Um, if, if we can get this thing off the ground. So that's that's kind of what I'm working on now. It's uh, it's interesting how I got into it, actually. Yeah, speak um, to that. Like, like let's break this down because I want the audience to catch it. This is heated pavement. Like, anytime I think of it, the heat pad, you plug it into a wall. Like, heated pavement. Like, how, do you, how did you even have an idea? Like, okay, we're trying to heat pavement. And then how did you even say... In an in a aviation, an airfield. So, right. yeah, talk us, walk us through the whole idea phase and where this even came about. So, like I said, like a few minutes ago, I, I didn't take the whole, you know, heading to, to grad school seriously. So <laughs> somehow, some way, that was a, a actual benefit for me. So as soon as I got to Arkansas, the guy who I wanted to uh, actually work under, he didn't make tenure. Uh, so I had to find somebody else. So oh, I man. Chose... So you came under a guy that didn't. That's okay. That's you here under there. Continue. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Golly, you just said, I, I'm just going to go. You, I, didn't take it, I didn't take it serious. So, um, but I mean, somehow that was a blessing for me um, in, in disguise. So I was able to meet a guy um, who actually works in my professor. Uh, he, he's actually my PI right now. Um, and 
he he's been working on these projects for the last you know six seven years um and he's like all right well here are a couple articles in which i've done uh some work under just read this if it sounds attractive to you you know then let's talk about it and if you want to be on, a, on on you know if you want to do this for your actual research we can we can look into it i'm like all right cool so i read it fell in love with the project once i read it and uh that's kind of how i got into into this whole thing it just kind of it just kind of happened that way it, it's not nothing that I, I really set myself on coming to to grad school to do i actually came to grad school to look at bridge maintenance mm-hmm. um but came to do heated pavement systems for for the airfield it turns out so that's kind of <laughs> how i got it that's kind of how i got my foot in the door I had no idea I, i've never heard of the application before um, especially for the airfield, I've heard of it for like driveways and sidewalks, but you know, actually heating the pavement, you know, to, to melt snow and ice. I mean, that just, that's crazy. So, um, that's kind of how, that's how I started back, you know, January, 2014. And I've been working on it ever since then. Oh man, that's a, that's a great story. Great story. And before we end the, the present day round, what would be your top two takeaways from your, that, that you have learned just from life? the first three years of your phd experience you said top two right yeah top two um you know don't don't be don't be scared don't be scared to go anywhere um you know you know uh take take what you have and bless the community the environment and what you go to um you know i didn't I didn't want to come to Arkansas. I mean, I, I didn't have I, I, I had no clue I would ever be in Arkansas. But, um, you know, I came here um, and I, I know I have a, a ability to lead and have an ability to connect with people. Um, and I love to I love to be, you know, I love to have fun and, and, and I'm always in high spirits. So, you know, take what you have and, and, and bless those who are around you. It doesn't matter if you're in Arkansas, it doesn't matter, you know, if you're in North Carolina if you're in California, just wherever you go, um, just continue to 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 uh, bless the environment in which you're in. Um, and then secondly, uh, don't don't be scared to fail. Um, I think I've been taking L since I got here. <laughs> um, you know, but I told somebody the other day, I think I think these three years have allowed me to grow far more than the four years I grew at A&T. Not to take away you know, all the life lessons I learned at A&T and I take away all the the um, things that help me to be who I am right now from A&T. But, you know, when, when you're when you're at the very bottom and, and you feel like you feel like there's no there's no more going down, you know, uh, th- that's kind of when you're the most vulnerable and when you're the most able to just, you know, put your head down and kick your feet. Um so I would say, you know, don't be scared to fail. Um, and, you know, if if you're able to fail and you're able to learn from those mistakes and you're able to just continue to push and uh, not worry about the losses, uh, then that's that. I remember uh, when you were talking to, to Manny uh, on the podcast, he was saying how, you know, like all people uh, praised him for the Fulbright. But, you know, th- th- it wasn't a story about the other four or five or six that he he didn't get. Um, and you know, I got my first, I got my first graduate school fellowship after my second full year of graduate school. Mm. Um, you know, I had, I, I think I've applied for 14, 14, uh, fellowships or grants. Uh, 
and I'm, I'm one for 14. <laughs> um, you know, but but I've done so many things here to 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 impact my community. I've done so many things here to impact my university um, that I can't take away from those things all because I fail at, at, at other things. Um, so I just continue to to appreciate failure. I appreciate all the L's I'm taking. <laughs> and, uh, you know, if I take another L today, and then that'll be one thing. But you know, just just continue to fight through all the failures and continue to fight through all the things and, and treat failure as a blessing, and uh, and move forward from there. Got you, man. Got you. Got you. So let's go to this transition to the third phase of our podcast, which is the future phase. So what's next for you after the PhD, man? Have you thought that far in advance? I'm I'm trying to. I'm trying to. I, I mean, I, I'm not sure if this is hard for you. <laughs> um, I know you talked about, you know, the 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 uh, the curse of being 25 and stuff like that. Yeah. And trying to figure out, you know, what you're supposed to do at mm-hmm. 25. Um, I'm, I'm having a, I'm having a, a hard time putting together passion and paycheck. Mm. Um, and I'm sure a lot of people had that issue. Um, like I said before, you know, my, my actual like lifetime goal is to be able to, to impact African-American males, especially those, um, between, I guess, middle school and high school, um, and even college, you know? Um, so that's what I want to do. I don't know where the paycheck lies. Um, <laughs> same, same with you. I also listen to ET. Um, you know, he also, you know, I listen to him like pretty much every, like maybe three or four times a week. And, um, just to kind of get, get my day started. Um, you know, I like to be a, like a motivational speaker i like to like like you like to be a um, well, a lecturer like i mean you too smart to be not to say you're too dumb or i'm dumb but you 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 yeah you get that phd then you don't really even got to bring the energy like we do you can just talk regular and people still pay you 10 15 once your expertise and whatnot <laughs> but that's that's a conversation for another day man but i definitely that's think true. there's some inlays with what you're doing and getting to that, getting to your 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 audience, like I definitely, I you, the, come on, man, it, uh, uh, African American man with a PhD that's just doing some groundbreaking research, and over the next couple of years, really publishing out, plus publishing that work out there and getting more exposure, you'll have more than enough opportunities to really add value to the young lives. Because honestly, and don't really feel pressured to have it to be in those schools or have to do that on a day to day basis because. The stuff that you're doing now, even though it's not maybe directly correlated, people take note and people mm-hmm. and the crazy thing is is people utilize that that gift and that energy that you're creating your space to empower them to create in their space. Like I look at that, I was like, yo, I mean, that's some dope stuff, man. So I get I gets me more pumped to go ahead and inspire those children, inspire the kids when I'm talking because I know they can grow up and become you. Like that. Okay. So it's like it's it's always as long as you're putting out great energy and utilizing your God given ability. And um, of course, still helping out where you can. You just mm-hmm. never know how it really impacts and, and is infectious to other people. So I definitely, uh, I don't think that's, that's something you're gonna have to really worry about, man. <laughs> All right, I appreciate, it. <laughs> I appreciate it. But yeah, just you know, just doing that. Um, uh, I said earlier in the podcast, uh, I love sports. I like, I, I like, 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 like my entire childhood was all wrapped around sports, man. So you know, I love to give back to. Um, college athletics by, you know, kind of being a mentor. Um, I actually sent out a proposal 
called Life After Basketball. And it pretty much talked about, um, you know, pretty much pushing our our athletes, our student athletes, you know, to look more into professional development, personal development um, in order for them to, to, to try to secure a job after they hop out of, um, you know, their four years um, at being at a college, you know, playing basketball, playing football, playing, you know, baseball, track, whatever. Um, so, you know, I like to, to walk into that fit a little bit as well. Um, so who knows, man, you know, really just the sky's the limit right now in terms of my actual career goals. Um, and I like to become an airport director. Um, that's what I'm pushing right now. So this summer, actually, I'm volunteering at the at the at the airport here in Arkansas. Um, I'm doing some volunteer work being in, in um, airport operations and airport management because, uh, I, like I said, I, I like to be an airport director someday. Uh, so I'm, I'm I'm making moves now to be to be able to to look at that and position myself to do that as well. So, you know, I have I have so many things that I want to do. I'm trying to be able to balance uh, the things that I, I want to do, the things that I'm good at uh, and then the things that I feel like I have to do in order to serve to serve God and to serve the people in which he's put in my life. Oh, man, that's that's freaking powerful, man. That's freaking powerful. And if you had to say when it's all said and done. How do you want to be remembered? Um, I think I think I like I just like my work to speak for itself. Um, you know, I, I I like to know I like to know that the work that I've done here uh, pleases God, and I think if I'm able to do that, I think He will use my work like with, with, like he will use my work within the whole tapestry that he has um for 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 all of those who walk with him um so you know really really you know I'm not really looking to to please anybody I'm not really looking to to leave a legacy for people I'm looking to leave a legacy that God can use to 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 shine light uh for people to be able to see um so I think that's that's really what I'm 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 aiming to do um, you know, it, I, I'm still a young Christian walking. So, you know, I'm still trying to I'm still, you know, going through all the same things that everybody else is going through. But I like to know that I, I please my father upstairs and then, you know, just allow him to use my story and to use my, my life as something that he could use uh, to, to bless other people. And you put a bow on that, man. So great job. Great job on that, man. And let's transition into the culture change round, the most exciting round of the podcast where we drop bombs, 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 man. You ready to go? Let's make it happen. I bet. What is the best piece of advice that you've ever received? Um, It's not how it's not how far you fall. It's how you get back up. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> what is one of your personal habits that you can attribute to your success? Competition. Um, fighting. Not going to bed until it's all done. Mm. Say no more. I'm the opposite, man. I go to bed. I just get up crazy early. So I, if, it's, if I'm tired, I'm going to bed at eight, and we gonna get up at four, three o'clock. Good, but <laughs> I, I don't. I don't do it. Y'all engineers, y'all wired a different way in that capacity because y'all can just stay up three, four, whatever. Y'all gonna get it done. But me myself, nah, nah, nah. I know where I know where I shine at. What is your favorite book and why? Outside of the Bible. Oh man, the New Jim Crow. Um, I read that book twice now and completely completely outlined it. I, I, I I've never seen I've never seen or heard 
that the actual description of the birth and the depth of so many systematic of system oppression um, throughout history up until this point now. And the fact that she's able to lay it out, she being Michelle Alexander, uh, and if she ever listens to this podcast, I'd like to meet you. So if you can contact me at any, <laughs> at any point, um, you're, you're a hero of mine. I, I'd love to meet you. Um, but that that book by that book by itself, I mean, I could read that book over and over and over again. Uh, the actual lessons, the history lessons and and the actual the actual from beginning to, to now is just so, is so powerful. And I think all people should should read that book. Hmm. What inspires the most and keeps you motivated? Um, I would say. I would say young black men um, inspire me a lot. Uh, you know, I, I feel like I'm I feel like I'm doing this Ph.D. for them. Um, I'm doing it for myself, but I feel like, you know, I'm working hard so that I can help them uh, and serve them. Um, you know, so every time I hear about, you know, a young black man being killed by the police, you know, I, I feel like. I feel like I need to step my game up even further, even more so that there are no more Trayvon Martins or Michael Browns um, or Tamir Rice's. You know, like 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 though those that group of people, that that small little demographic is, is really what is really what inspires me to continue to fight and continue to do what I have to do, not only in my Ph.D., uh, but in the service that I give to my community to continue to to be the best that I can be, the best role model, the best example setter that I can be. Mm. Powerful, man. Powerful, powerful. And if you were the president of the United States, what is the first thing you would do? I was the president of the United States. Mm-hmm. Man. I'll probably get some food, man. You know, they, <laughs> they there's like five chefs in the White House. That's the first so thing. I would probably ask every five like all five chefs to make their best meal. Like their their signature meal. And I would I would eat and then I'd probably have a family union in, in on the White House lawn. But I would definitely get the five chefs to cook for me first. Mm. And I, I would grow up. Got you, got you, got you, man. And the last question of tonight, man. If you could change one thing about society, most specifically our African American culture, what would it be and why? Um, you know, I I I I look at love and I look at how much we hate each other. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I look at how much we hate each other in terms of our uh depth of melanin, you know, this whole battle between light skin, dark skin. Um, you know, I look at, you know, what just the things that we go through, like uh how the uh, nine people in Georgia uh, are getting charged for for the brawl that killed somebody like right after school. I just look at, you know, the that the actual sense of love that we don't have anymore for each other. Um, and I would I would definitely try to, you know, put that back into our society, uh, not 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 just within, you know, blacks, blacks only. Uh, but thinking about blacks only, I would definitely put love back into into our society because it's definitely not there. Great thing. Great thing, man. So where where can our audience, if they have any questions, want to inquire more about the story, just learn more about you? Where can we find you at on online? Um, well, I don't have any uh, websites or anything like that, but you can find me on LinkedIn 
Joseph Daniels EIT. The EIT stands for um, Engineer and Training. Uh, but yeah, you can find me on LinkedIn at Joseph Daniels EIT. And um, yeah, that's pretty much it for right now. Got you, got you, man. Well, from the bottom of my heart, and it sound, you can say online after this. Matter of fact, I, I'm going to call you on my phone. But from the bottom of my heart, man, from Minority Trailblazer Nation, from everybody, the thousands of listeners that tune in every week to listen to successful young cats that are, are, are confident enough to share their failures, but also proud enough to share their successes as well in the blueprint. I'd like to thank you, man, for your time. I really appreciate it, brother. I thank you, and I salute you for all the work that you're doing. Uh, just keep up the good work. Um, and I mean, just a, a big round of applause to, to 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 all the things that you're doing, the success that you've been able to, to garnish and the, the whole life story that you're also able to foster, man. Just keep keep doing your thing, man. Big kudos. So thank you, everyone, once again for tuning in to episode 30 of the Minority Trailblazer podcast. It's crazy. We have finished, completed, sayonara, 30 episodes. And what's mind-boggling about it is I was looking at the stats today, and we've been listening to in over 50 countries worldwide. I never would have thought we've been able to have this type of in-cap, this type of reach, this type of influence, and it's only getting better. And I thank each and every one of you for your support, for listening, for giving feedback, too, because I'm going to be real. As a creative, as a person that creates a lot of stuff in order to be judged, I create podcasts, I create blog posts, I create speeches, I create events. And sometimes people are going to have feedback and, and, and leave certain things. And I look at it, if, if it applies, I'm a, I'm a, if it applies, I apply. If it doesn't apply, I overlook. And I think at times, um, yeah, I'm going to leave it at that. <laughs> but I think anybody, if you have feedback about the podcast, make sure you go to greggyhill.com. Go to contact me, leave some feedback, leave a request. And I apologize wholeheartedly because there has been tens and dozens of people that has sent me requests to be on the show, and I have not gotten back to you. So I'm in the process of building a team to work with my company, Culture Change United, because right now I'm, I'm just slammed with work, I'm slammed with projects, and I don't have the capacity to respond to everything and the time allotted. So if you're out there, and if you want to be a part of Culture Change United, work within the podcast, work on some of the events that I'm planning, maybe even become a speaker, man, Sing, talk, let's talk. All right, go to greggyhill.com, contact me, and sing your stuff because I'm building out the team. More details will be coming. I just want to put that out there on the podcast to thousands across the world, across the country. The team is building, and we're going to change the whole world, man. So, once again, thank you for, for listening, for tuning in, and I will catch you on the flip side. So, what I need you to do first, I need you to rate review the podcast. Second, I need you to do one thing and one thing only. What is that, Mr. Hill? Change the freaking culture. Good night.